Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know Employee Cycle, we're that people dashboard company that heard your cries about that tedious, manual, and time-consuming process you all call HR reporting. That's right. We know every time you want to pull all your data together, you log into all these different HR systems and export spreadsheets, and you all have said this one time or another there has to be a better way. Well, look no further because that's why Employee Cycle created your all-in-one people dashboard that has pre-built connectors to all the most popular HR systems out there. Systems like Bamboo HR, ADP, Trinet, Namely, Zenefits, Paylocity, Greenhouse, Lever, 15.5, Lattice, so many I'm running out of breath. We simply connect all your different systems to your people dashboard so you can pull in all of your people data to view, track, share, and analyze in one place. Please check out EmployeeCycle.com to get your own demo and discuss how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our product because I would like for you to help me welcome our guest today. So please help me welcome Pat Schneider. He's the SVP of People Strategy and Operations at Chevron and Spectrum Federal Credit Union. And today we're discussing why there's still a labor shortage during unemployment. And I'm sure you're asking, how is that possible? But, Pat, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Pat! Welcome! Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for the opportunity. So excited to be here and and get started on this uh, highly important conversation. I've been thinking a lot about this, and uh, I, I thank you for the platform to get this out there to our colleagues in the HR space. Of course. So, Pat, we're going to kick this off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I come from a long line of, of super hard workers, uh, firefighters, construction workers, farmers, uh, you know, the, the, the salt of the earth. These individuals have been helping people since since the day they were born. So I, I'm just continuing the fam- uh, family legacy of, of doing what I can to help people be better employees, help companies be better companies. And, and right at the, the intersection of the, the two of them is, is the human resources department or people department. Uh, we, we put people in the right roles for the right reasons at the right time. And, and uh, uh, over the years, I was able to, to capitalize on some lucky opportunities and, and meet the right people, forge some strong relationships and progress my way up and up and through the career um, and, and, and all in the name of, of, of helping others. Got it. For a second, I thought you were going to say I come from a long list of HR leaders. I was going to say, uh, oh, wow. I, I broke the mold. I broke the mold. Uh, they're, they're the hard workers and they, they made me everything that I am. So, so thank you to my family. Got it. Thank you to your family. But that would have been awesome. <laughs> now, if anyone listening has come from a long line of HR leaders in their family, please let me know. I would love to interview you on the show. Like a third generation (laughs) HR person. That would be interesting. Exactly. All right. So, Pat, we're discussing this really interesting topic about there still being a labor shortage, even though we have very high unemployment. 
So give me some high-level insight into how and why you're still experiencing a labor shortage at your organization and in your industry specifically, when every time you turn on the TV, you get a ping on your phone, an alert on your tablet, whatever you're reading about these high unemployment rates due to COVID. Yeah, thanks for the question. Uh, There's a couple macro situations that are converging, causing what we have is, is what I would consider almost a perfect slash unusual storm. Um, and, and many of them are, are, are driven by the by the pandemic, but many of them already existed. They were core and fundamental and, and uh, already occurring. On, on one hand, you have this, this macroeconomic situation somewhat fueled by the, the various stimulus packages and, and reactions to the pandemic uh, that, that are well-meaning, you know, uh, um, Congress and, and um, executive branches have put into place to help prop up the economy in these unprecedented times. So you see stimulus packages being delivered, enhanced unemployment, um, you know, payroll protection program, uh, a, a lot of programs put into place to keep things afloat, right? And and so in those cases, the natural uh, occurrence is that. Um, Employees take advantage of those of those situations and those those benefits, those emergency circumstances, and and they don't necessarily uh, actively engage in, in, in reinventing themselves. So you have this this large dichotomy of the of the um, economic workforce that has is waiting to to be called back into work or or is dropped out of the workforce because of, of personal situations and, and they can't go back to work so that's happening on one side right and that's largely the the services industry um you know i came from the hospitality industry an industry full of hard-working good people that is as devastated right now um and then on the other side of the coin, you have, you know, manufacturing, uh, durable goods, uh, retail, technology, financial services. The core fundamentals have never changed for them, and they they started at the beginning of 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 this pandemic, and even before that, in a staffing crisis, not being able to find enough people to fill their positions, and nothing has fundamentally changed, even with the pandemic. Technology companies have shifted to work from home. Uh, financial services have shifted the way they service their customers. Uh, durable and retail goods have, have gotten creative on, on how they uh, produce, manufacture, and distribute goods. Um, so their demand has continued or increased. And the, at the crosshairs of this uh, of the of the artificial support of the um, one side of the industry combined with the shortage on the other side, they have, they have not been able to reconcile or help each other. So those that are still facing high unemployment in the uh, services industry continue to face high unemployment, and those that have faced low unemployment have been continued to face low unemployment. They've not complemented each other, and we were not able to take from one and give to the other. So for for lack of agility reasons, we can't have not been able to figure out how or why to take a, a, a front desk clerk and make them a mortgage operator or mortgage underwriter. So that's me rambling on for five minutes about what I think is happening here. Now, that was great. And I appreciate that deep insight into the macro market, but then also how that's specifically affecting your organization and the industry. 
So one of the things that you said was that for a lot of industries, and I'm assuming yours is included, that a lot of things haven't changed in regards to the demand side for employees and labor in your industry. So would you say that there is no, it's no, it's not any more difficult to hire now than it was pre-COVID or are you experiencing even more difficulty hiring because of COVID? Yeah, because of COVID in, in my industry specifically, we have seen an increase demand in mortgages and home sales and refinancing. So I have an increased demand on multiple segments of my work group, but it's not specific to me. Every bank, every credit union, every lending organization across the country is seeing that very same demand. Um, so it it has resulted in a shortage of the equilibrium is upset, right? It, at, at one point, it was it was challenging or difficult, but now the increase in demand increase in demand without the increase in supply has has made it even more difficult so so yeah i'd say it's 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 more difficult now to find recruit talent in in multiple segments um and that's and, and that's to discount you know the issues or challenges associated with, of re, remote hiring remote talent acquisition, remote leading, um, you know, those challenges we're getting better at, um, but they're still not ideal. Got it. That's pretty interesting. So in regards to specific roles that you're hiring for, are there roles that are much more difficult to hire because of the huge increase in demand for mortgages and other services that you provide than there were before? Yeah, uh, that would be in in the mortgage uh, lending and operations and servicing space. So mortgage originators, mortgage underwriters, mortgage processors, that, that genre of skill set uh, is, is challenging for us right now and more so challenging than, than it has been in the past. Uh, other roles have, have continued to be kind of equally challenging. So, so in the technology space, uh, we, we've, we've, um, it's it's been challenging to recruit and continues to be challenging, but we didn't see the spike that we saw in the in the mortgage space. So some have been you know adequately challenging and some have been uh, increasingly challenging. On the mortgage side, when it comes to some of those roles that you're having a really challenging time in filling, is it possible at all to find some more junior? Uh, team members or other roles that could potentially be trained into those roles? And I'm asking because I'm assuming that this is something that a lot of industries like yours are thinking, or are the roles so specialized that you really need people with a lot of experience from the gate as soon as they start? Yeah, a little bit of both. So there certainly is a need for experienced people to be there to get on the ground running and, and, and get up to speed in little to no time. So uh, that, that that does occur. What we try to do is, is minimize the need for that by ensuring that we have an agile workforce. So we have moved people from uh, some of our credit unions that were closed due to the pandemic and redeployed them into that mortgage lending space. So that gave us a 
a group of individuals that was knowledgeable with our products, our services, and our culture. And they were able to be redeployed and, and take care of our members uh, very, very quickly. We've also been more um, creative with the types of positions that we hire for. So we hire for combined positions, positions that uh, maybe at one point were two or three different positions. Now we mold them all together so that we can redeploy these folks, these people, to wherever the high spiking needs are on, on, a, on a pretty quick basis. Now, it, takes, it does take time to get them trained and up to speed, but, but over time, we'll have a more resilient workforce and be able to take care of our members in a variety of unforeseen or un predictable situations. So uh, there's there's more than one way to get there, uh, but but trying to do things the way you've always done it is, is not going to get you there. And and that's what I would encourage my my HR colleagues and, and business partners to, to think about is, is is how do we get creative about this situation. Now I'm assuming as an organization that is a credit union, you had physical locations, correct? We do, yes. That's correct. So for the roles that were previously working from the credit unions, are they able to do any, if not all of their work remotely? Or are some of those roles in location only or in person only? Uh, yeah, we, we have a model um, based on our business partner needs. Um, we, we can do both. So we do have the, the brick and mortar operations. They were all closed down for a period of time, but we continued to um, service our members through the use of technology and work from home operations. Those work from home operations still continue. So if, if we run into a weather condition or, or a, a spike in, in the COVID cases, uh, we can quickly shift from in-office to in-home servicing of our of our members from those from those brick and mortar locations uh we we do still have those uh locations they are they are open and we carefully monitor the COVID activity in the area um and we do have members that value that that face-to-face contact so it's it's a it's a hybrid situation that we're in and and we can bend and flex uh with with the changing of the times to either model so i was asking about that model, whether it was fully remote or hybrid, because I'm curious, for the really hard to fill roles, have you now opened up your your network, so to speak, or the ability for those roles to be fully remote, which I'm assuming would then allow you to hire from anywhere, which may increase the market size of the number of people who could work for your organization? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, if, if there is a silver lining from this, this pandemic, that, that's one of them. Now we can recruit without borders. We can identify the best talent in the country and capitalize on that. We can lower our fixed costs associated with monolithic offices. We can meet our members where they are at 24 hours a day, seven days a week if, if needed. We can manage or shift our employees based upon their personal and professional needs. So we have employees that um, relocated to other areas for personal reasons that still contribute 110% every day. They just do it from a different location. Uh, I myself am am located uh, outside of Denver, Colorado, and our headquarters are in uh, Oakland. A year ago, 
two years ago, I would not have been afforded this opportunity. So not only am I a living, breathing example of what you're talking about, uh, we 100% tend to capitalize on this opportunity. Services to our members is still paramount, but if we can do so uh, from uh, a multitude of geographic locations with the best people in the country doing it, then, then I think it's a win-win-win. Now, I'm assuming that if you were the only or one of the only financial services companies or credit unions that worked in the mortgage space and you were, let's call it first to market or early to market with remote work, then you would have a major advantage in regards to hiring anywhere. But because most, if not almost all organizations have been forced to work remotely, do you still see that much of an advantage of offering a remote opportunity or it's pretty much leveled out because everyone's on equal footing? I don't know that everyone's on equal footing at, at this point in time. And I don't know that everyone sees this as an opportunity. I, the conversations I've had with, with other companies and other financial institutions is that they're doing this because they have to. They're doing it because of their uh, geographic requirements. And they are considering multiple different models and how they might re-enter the workforce. There's not that many companies that are using this as a strategic advantage. It, certainly, we're not the only ones. And there are 100% more now than there were before. But I don't know that everyone's on the same playing field at this time. I, I think it's still mixed. And you know, those that get it will, will get there quicker. And the others will follow in time. Oh, well, then that's pretty good for you. I got my fingers crossed. We're hoping on, hoping for it. <laughs> cool. So I'm curious, as you're interviewing these candidates, because it's a tight labor market, and, and maybe this has nothing to do with it, maybe it's just because everyone is working remotely, have you found candidates pushing for the opportunity to only want to work for remote organizations? Or do you still see candidates asking, when are you going to, back, when are you going to go back into the office? Yeah, we've seen both, uh, and that comes down to an individual personality. I, I think some people um, just love being in that that office environment, and and they look forward to getting back in that environment. Uh, one of the members of my staff says she wants to be in the office six days a week, and another one says they'll probably be in there one day a week. Uh, so it comes down to uh, personal slash professional preferences uh, from my perspective in my experience anyway so I, I haven't noticed a significant uptick or decline in the number of people that are interested in in hybrid or remote only it's always been there uh, especially recruiting for technology folks uh, that 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 part of the industry has always been more open to the remote workforce uh, scenarios um, so I don't, I don't I don't think that's changed I, I think people are more concerned about um, you know, what are companies doing to provide a safe, collegial uh, and environment that, that welcomes collaboration? And that, that seems to be more of the conversation that I have uh, with, with, with um, potential recruit, uh, recruiting situations than, do, can I work from home? Got it. I've really been enjoying this interview, but I have one last question for you. For any HR people leader or just any executive in general who's responsible for figuring this out 
They may be in the same industry, although maybe you don't want to give them the secret sauce because you want to make sure that you can recruit all those candidates. But let's just assume they're in a different industry, but they're experiencing the same nuance of tight labor market, but the world is screaming high unemployment. What last words of wisdom would you like to provide them so that they could improve their strategy and figure this out? Thanks for asking. And for the record, I have I, I am here for the sole purpose of helping others, other companies, other people, and and getting America back to work as quickly as possible. So whether it's as a result of this podcast or if someone wants to reach out to me for a side conversation, I welcome the opportunity to share what's worked for me and what hasn't. It's not a secret by any means, and I, I intend to, to share it and shout it from the highest mountain. But but what I have found to be successful is to work with your managers, your leadership, those people that are responsible for the day-to-day leadership of others and help them move from the fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Read a little bit about uh, Carol DeWick's book and, and, and help individuals stop doing the same thing year over year over year. Help them Focus on what is possible, not what is impossible. For when that happens, the intrinsic motivation of your people will take over and great things will happen. Things that you've never even thought of to begin with. And and you no longer have to be responsible for solving the world's problems. You just have to get out of their way and let them run. That would be my advice. Pat, thanks so much for not only being such a super awesome podcast guest, but for genuinely looking to help your fellow HR and people leaders. We need a lot more of that in the community. So thanks so much for your time. And we really appreciate all your insight, wisdom, and experience that you shared. Woo! Go Pat! Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again, Ruth. Great. So where can people find you and Chevron and Spectrum Federal Credit Union online? Yeah, I, I'd go to... Um either LinkedIn uh, or uh, chevronfcu.com or spectrumfcu.com. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this interview as much as Pat and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that we're creating and providing great content. Also, if this is your very first interview that you're listening to, and you love this conversation, and for some reason you're willing to listen to the sound of my voice again, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you really awesome and amazing HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.